Welcome to Millennial Pig Podcast, Patreon exclusive mini-sode. We're your hosts, Autumn Wolf. And Jarrah Stone. How you doing, Autumn? Better. 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 Good. Good. How about you? A lot of interesting magic and energy has exploded in my face, and uh, I'm not taking too likely to it. Sorry, you can't say exploded in your face right after you described that alcoholic <laughs> beverage to me. So now you have to tell our listeners. <laughs> okay, so uh, I, uh, because of all the things that have been going on, I needed to relax. Uh, so I mixed apple cider with a little bit of Captain Morgan Jacko Blast, which is a pumpkin spice rum. And uh, I inadvertently said, hmm, this is good. It's like autumn in your mouth. Which time I was like, I haven't had that compliment, but thanks. <laughs> so you can get all the innuendos out of the way. Everyone else can giggle. Yes. Alrighty. Yeah. <clears throat> so last weekend we went and did a thing. Yeah, we we uh, kind of jumped in a car, went down to Tucson, turned around and came back. Yeah, it was our first like event as a podcast. Yeah, we went down to the uh, Tawan to Tuan. The Tucson area witches and pagans. There you go. Fall festival. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty interesting. If you guys uh, are following us on Facebook, uh, you can actually see a about a twenty something minute uh, video that we took while we were there. Yep, with all their vendors and some of their leaders. Um, so apparently, uh, the Tucson area witches and pagans do a festival during the spring and the fall. Uh, they've been doing this for, um, well, I know they've been an organization since 1988. Mm -hmm. So they've been around for a while. Um, they had it out in the fall festival, at least at the Universal Unitarian Church, um, which is an actually Gorgeous venue. Yeah. I was pretty astounded by how nice that venue is. Yeah. I mean, and even, um, I mean, it, it was a little, little on the small side, but it was still well made. Right. Yeah. It's a free festival. Um, I, even if, even though it was a smaller size festival, the quality of vendors was pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, they didn't have a whole lot of like the, the witchy knickknacky kind of vendors. They had, um, one incense vendor, a couple of different clothing or beauty options, some kind kind of tools and it was just it was quality art yeah um i actually i, I picked up a couple of a uh, couple of nice things mm -hmm. i got uh, of course got some incense i got some uh uh i actually got a uh sage spray mm -hmm. which was actually kind of nice and actually works rather well if i do say so Ooh. um and i also picked up some uh, uh we were actually gifted uh some uh lip balms oh yeah that's right yeah. and you got them all somehow so we'll have to i'll have to hunt those down yeah i, I know where they are so. oh okay at least i think i do uh oh yeah unless i threw them in my purse i think i think you threw one in your purse but eh, we'll find out it's a um, mysterious thing in there yeah but if you guys uh if you do watch the video and if you guys want to know uh any more anything more about those vendors uh it is on the video and uh, we'll make sure to also post up um on the facebook page uh, where you can find those vendors as well. Yep, because a lot, like we said, a lot of those vendors were they had some quality wares, mm -hmm. and I was pretty impressed with that. 
Yeah. Um, but we didn't really stay too uh, too long down there because we had to get back up to uh, up to the Phoenix area. Yep, we did. And I believe you had um, the ability to go to a ritual. I was feeling still a little sick mm-hmm. and down. Um, but you went to a Reclaiming's ritual, and I believe they did an Alice in Wonderland theme. Yeah, it was a, it was an Alice in Wonderland theme. It was kind of... Um, the, the intention was uh, find out where you need to go and find the way uh, to get there, essentially. Oh. And uh, which I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the aesthetic of it. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very well planned and organized because it was actually done by the students of the Ritual Muses. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually had a six-month course and they put all this together. They did everything from start to finish, from idea to actually putting it on. And uh, it was very, very well done. And it actually, the the magic from that really um, is kind of what started uh, my whole magical blow up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually remember I was thinking to myself the entire time, why am I here? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? And I couldn't. I couldn't really place it at at the at the time. Why I kept asking myself that question, mm-hmm. and then Cora, who mm-hmm. was actually aspecting as Alice from Alice in Wonderland, she came up to me and she actually said, "Sometimes you don't know why you're somewhere until after you've been there." And it kind of kind of sparked sparked in me a little bit more but it wasn't until the next day uh when i kind of realized i always keep asking myself why am i still at the job that i'm at mm-hmm. i'm i have not been happy in this job for a few months mm-hmm. um well, for, it, almost it, for, a year. for almost a year at this point yeah and so i kind of started the the process in my own head to find something new so yay, change. So, which is good. And which kind of also tied into uh, to my coven's ritual as well, mm-hmm. which was kind of unhooking the ties that are keeping you back. Mm-hmm. So I think with those two combined, it kind of forced what happened during mm-hmm. this last week. And definitely a kick in the pants and hopefully the right direction. Mm-hmm. But the job site that i'm currently at am at uh is closing down in two months completely Ooh, shock so sorry to all the people that i put out of a job oops (laughs) Oops. so because i was feeling sick i kind of went the solitary route and i ended up doing a spell um that i worked on for a day or two ahead of time so it was necessary to get it completed and i wrote two different letters to two different people that i had to cut ties with that um just some baggage was still being held in that area and surprisingly i wrote a longer letter to the person who i don't want to cut out of my life but that i wanted to um, remove an aspect of our relationship from. And I was a little surprised about that because the other letter was to my ex-fiance and it was a lot shorter. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. a lot sweeter. It was, or I wouldn't even say sweeter. It was a lot to the point of done is done. So done. All the done. Right. And so the other letter was, um, 
okay, we've gone through so much stuff and a lot of it's hanging around and it's not being useful for what we need to do as a team or as a people that because we have to continue working together or we choose to continue to work together. And so I have to, um, I just had to say, you know, I did some wrong. You did some wrong. Let's move past it. And I think it's working. We'll see. Uh, have to do a little bit more interaction with that particular person, but I ended up just burning it, um, in the fire pit and I felt very confident that I released a lot of like tension and ties and holding back things. That's good. And so, yeah. But why are both of those things important during Maven? Well, what is Maven? Uh, the second harvest. And autumn equinox. That's it. Yeah. It's one of the two times of the year where daytime and nighttime. Daytime. Nighttime. Are equal. <laughs> Yeah. So there's a whole, a lot of talk during Maven or the Autumn Equinox of making, balancing acts in your life, balancing and clearing and um, rebalancing the life. Um, it's also the Wiccan Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And it's closer to the traditional Thanksgiving times. It's actually, um, I believe it was FDR changed when American Thanksgiving was to give us a longer Christmas season. Yeah. And so a lot of people, if you actually look at American harvest times, when we're eating the things that we eat at Thanksgiving, our in season is now, not mm -hmm. in November. Yay for commercialism. Yay. You know, at the very end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, who do you have? Santa Claus. Yep, and then Macy's doors open. Yep. And they never close. There's Christmas stuff at Michael's. There's Christmas stuff at Target. Mm, don't say that. No, I... Okay, so there, there's a picture that I actually took probably about, I want to say, five years ago, mm -hmm. where it was October 1st, and I was standing in front of a giant Christmas display at Walmart. So yesterday I was in Costco and they had a nutcracker that played the first Noel. Mm. And I was just, I was like, the no, 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 no. It's not your turn yet, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't a very happy person yeah. about that. But anyway, so Thanksgiving. Um, a major thing that I became aware of this year uh, is how Mabin became named Mabin. Okay. So Mabin is, or the Autumn Equinox, it's very controversial. And a lot of people who know the history are, are very anti-using Mabin. Because Mabin is a god that kind of fits better with spring. But because he has a very similar down into the dark and coming up story like Korra, they kind of wanted to throw him in there to fit somehow. Mm -hmm. And anyway, a lot of people aren't okay with that. And so a lot of the different options that I've heard that I'm kind of interested in are Cornucopius. Mm -hmm. I liked that one. Another name is Glenich Tag. That's probably wrong. <laughs> the um, Cups uh, in Denton, Florida, uh, uses this name, which is originally an ADF uh, name, and it means even day, 
I kind of like it because it has a more druidic and northern feel to it. Mm-hmm. And since we use Yule for winter solstice, because that's a one of the major heathen holidays, it kind of it fits to flow into that. Okay. And because all the other names we have are either Celtic or Norse, so it's just Maben isn't, and right. that just fits a little bit better. So how how would we go about bringing that change? And just the way you use it. Um, I, like I said, I like cornucopias because it kind of does give a sense of a harvest and a bigger harvest as opposed to Mabin. And I, I also really did like the Glinic tag or Gliglish tag. Glugigish tag? Who knows? Luganus. So I don't know. How do you feel about the name Mabin? I, I I mean I personally haven't done too much research on it, mm-hmm. and being that Maben was you know kind of introduced to me as one of my first uh, actual rituals. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it it. I mean, it's not a bad thing for me, but then again, I've never done really too much. I haven't done too much work, or I don't really too know too much about Mabon as a. Right. As a deity. So the real story comes from um, an author, last name Kelly, was asked by the people who were publishing The Green Egg, which was um, an older publishing that it's no longer around, sadly. And they said, well, what do you call the holidays? And he said, well, this is what I call the holidays. And pretty much the whole world erupted, but somehow may have been stuck, despite the fact that everyone went, rawr, wrong. (laughs) <laughs> and um maben was is more a god of youth it's like a um a sacred child or a youth child or um something like that and just knowing that he's more a god of spring in his story is um a little interesting to me but you know what it fit for him um it obviously fits for plenty of other other people other mm-hmm. other 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 people yeah <laughs> but um i don't i think i might be trying a different uh thing in the future for me maybe uh try and figure out the actual pronunciation of that word so mm-hmm. i can actually properly use it <laughs> or just go with cornucopius i kind of like that i mean if we uh, if we go back to um druids of the grove mm-hmm. um you could probably ask them they might actually have a better better way to pronounce it no probably yeah yeah so that was my little spiel on Maven. Any last words before we move on to what we promised our Patreon listeners? Yeah. Um, I'd say this time of year, especially because it's going into Samhain, go with the flow. This just seems like a, like a, a, a continuing theme throughout it. A couple of people that I've talked to who have done uh, Mabon rituals, it's... You know, this is definitely a, a, a time where the harvest is strong. It's time to reap what we sow. Mm-hmm. And it's time to literally just go with what we have. Go with what, what we've been given. And don't question it. Just go with it at this point. At least at least it's from from me because of everything that's just going on mm-hmm. in, in my, little, my little circle. Interesting. Yeah. Especially since for us desert dwellers, it's not really 
one of our harvests yet. Mm-hmm. Our harvests are more winter, spring. Like yeah. they're back to back. They're um, kind of never ending in the beautiful weather of um, six months. And then all of a sudden it's gone. Mm-hmm. And right now we're getting to the rejoice of the possibly 100s being done. Yeah. Uh, us right now, specifically in this year, we are being hit with a hurricane. Yeah. And it's lovely because it's raining. And when I first moved out here, desert rain stunk. Mm-hmm. Like it has this weird smell to it. It does. And then you start like your brain gets rewired and that that smell is not a bad smell anymore. It's a good smell. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's that weird feeling when I first walked out when it rained and I go, wait a minute, this smelled really bad, like just last yeah. year to me. Well, I mean, I, I've I've lived here all my life, so it's it's not something that's that's different for me. Mm-hmm. At least for for me, I, I don't know. Every time it rains, I I, I smell a rebirth. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's weird for me because out here, all I smell every single day is dirt, 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 dirt. <laughs> but you know, because it it gets everywhere. Oh yeah, it does. Especially it after does. the monsoon season. Uh-huh. And then going into the actual you know fall rains, it actually you you can smell the greenery mm-hmm. you can actually smell something other than dirt for a little bit and it's refreshing like i actually walked out of work today and i actually said to my coworker who was giving me a ride home it smells amazing <laughs> and he just like you know i've never really noticed that before thank you i did the first time it rained out here but in my um First year or my first fall, I moved out in November and we had a very rainy winter that year. And the house that was on our right was redoing their backyard with a lot of wet. And then the house to our left wasn't taking care of their pool. So my house was just full of mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain type of breed of mosquito out here. I don't know if they're hardier. I'm allergic to mosquitoes to begin with. The mosquitoes in Georgia would give me bad welts. The mosquitoes out here that first year, I had a constant fever because of how many bites I was having, how I was having to deal with them. And they lasted longer. They were a bigger welt. So, like, the rain also came with this dread of there's going to be mosquitoes again in my house. And I'm burning citronella candles for camping for campsites in the house and they're still everywhere like our dog was jumping at them i was like what is this where did i move to so i guess the moment i kind of moved away from the mosquitoes because they were in a very certain town where Mm -hmm. everybody wanted to show off that they had water things yeah because that is a when you live in the desert and you have a water thing it's a rarity yes and it's a sign of wealth like Mm -hmm. in like in the south when you have a wraparound porch yeah so it was very um an interesting transition for me yeah so anyway we promised a couple of episodes ago that we would talk about um intro books and Mm -hmm. suggestions for newbie witches on what books to read. Now, I will tell you right now that I am in no way, shape, or form a reader. I do not do books of any sort. Nope. At least I try not to. Um, <laughs> not on purpose. Not on purpose, at least. Uh, it is very difficult for me to actually go through a book and actually read it start to finish within uh, a couple of years. Um, <laughs> but I know that you... 
Autumn are a book-loving, hoarding dragon. I'm a bibliophile. You are a bibliophile. It's on my Twitter. <laughs> it's also on my Tinder. Yeah, I have a Tinder now. Let's not discuss that. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was another part of my Maven experience is mm-hmm. getting myself back out there. But anyway, uh, moving on. So I do host a book club. I am a big book nerd, which, by the way, when you say I host a book club and you're under 30, people look at you like, "Are you, you're not an old lady. What's wrong? It's like, <laughs> no, I really sh- just shh. Anyway, I have five suggestions for the newbie baby witches and our listeners. Um, and don't think I'm calling you a baby witch is mm-hmm. a derogatory term. I mean, like fresh, new, just found this path, want to look into it. What do I read? And the first one I always suggest, it's a terrible title for what it is, but The Idiot's Guide to Witchcraft and Wicca. And the reason why um, The Idiot's Guide's in general, really do bring in authors who know their stuff. It's not the same authors that just learn a new subject and rewrite them. Um, It's actual authors who have published out in paganism that came together and, and worked together on this guide. Why I like suggesting it is because it's going to give you an overview of almost every little bullet point in witchcraft and wicca that you can get so you're going to get different traditions you're going to get non-wiccan traditions you're going to get different aspects of magic how to do magic how to start your meditation how to start and any of the little basic things what are all these tools what are all these holidays you're going to get a great overview that is just going to tell you whether or not you're even interested in anything else other than that. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, chakras, there's spirit work. There, It's just, it for its size and for its name, it is a wealth of information that if you don't know from what you've heard from us, if you actually want to learn something or if you want to learn a specific subject, pick up this book, read the little section on it, and it's just so well written and so well, so concise mm-hmm. that it will really help you. Okay. So that's why I suggest and always say The Idiot's Guide first. Uh, the second book that I always suggest, and this is a very specific Wicca book, and it's a very specific um, non-traditional what is modern Wicca or what is Wicca, what it looks like now, practiced by solitary and by traditions and it is wicca for beginners by thea sabin it is small compact and beautiful and i always say go grab that if you want something that everybody who's ever read will tell you to read um you want to go and get what is colloquially called uncle bucky's big blue book it is raymond buckland's complete book of witchcraft and Wicca. Why we suggest that one? Uh, It is an older book. Yes, Uncle Bucky, Raymond Buckland, was one of the first writers, one of the first American writers on Wicca and and witchcraft. Mm -hmm. His complete guide is a complete guide. I wouldn't say it's as complete as the idiot's guide, But what it is, is it's going to give you a great look at what magic 
is going to look like when it's performed in ritual. You might not get everything from the what you should feel, what you should work on personal side of it, like the Idiot's Guide. The Idiot's Guide can give you more shadow work, meaning more working with yourself to develop your magic, whereas Uncle Bucky is going to show you how to set up a ritual, how to set up an altar, how to start your ceremonial practice, what you're going to see when you go out in public for rituals. And you're not going to be shocked. Even to this day, the foundation is still there. It's the same foundation. You're not going to be surprised by something that's going on in a ritual that's done in the basic normal way, not some crazy stuff that some of us reclaimers do. <laughs> but you're going to see it and you're going to read it in Uncle Bucky's and it's a great way to, if you're going to go out in the community, read Bucky's book first. So... Raymond Buckland's Complete Guide to Witchcraft and Wicca. Number four uh, is two books, technically, but they are a back-to-back -back series. And it is Scott Cunningham's Wicca for the Solitary Practitioner and Living Wicca. Wicca for the Solitary Practitioner, it was revolutionary when it came out. It is also another um, oldie but goodie. It's going to give you um, some more of that shadow work, a lot of that understanding of what a solitary Wicca or Wiccan is going to be. You get a little bit of uh, traditional information or a little bit of information about different traditions. Um, and then Living Wicca kind of expands on that. One thing I will say that a lot of people do, they read Cunningham and they stop and they never read anything else. I love Cunningham. He's an amazing, basic, newbie, witchy, here's your education stuff. It is very 101. It is very light. It's very fluffy. Um, not in a dangerous way. You're, you can do it. You can still get where you need to go. But don't stop with Cunningham. Too many people do. And even he said so many times, don't just read me. Don't just read me. Read other things. He even said at certain points that his publisher just wanted him to push out stuff. He has a bunch of stuff, a bunch of great stuff. Go read Cunningham. Go read Uncle Bucky. Go read Starhawk. Go read other people as well. If you're not a big reader, talk to people who have read. But I cannot not <laughs> understate the value of don't just read one author. Mm -hmm. um, and then my last suggestion is the spiral dance. If you have been listening to us, you are interested in what we're talking about. The spiral dance by Starhawk is going to give you an overview of what reclaiming magic is, what reclaiming Wicca is. And it is just a great resource. Um, the book that I had of it is the 20th anniversary and the good part and kind of the bad part of it about the 20th anniversary rendition. One, it's 20 years old now. Um, but the 20th anniversary rendition has notes that she wrote 10 years after it's publishing and then 20 years after it's publishing about how her actual view has changed. Mm -hmm. And it's really kind of inspiring to watch an elder go from this is what I felt 20, 40 now years ago. And this is how I feel now and how that's changed the community, how that's changed my practice. Um, some of it was a little frustrating because you'll read the 10-year notes and then you go to the 20-year notes and she's like, yeah, I still feel the same. And it's like, no, could you <laughs> expand on what you mm -hmm. wrote? Give me a little bit more because just, just saying what you feel the same doesn't work for me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
But um, those are my five intro to witchcraft books and specifically Wicca. I apologize. I am specifically Wiccan, so I am not going to be the best source for Astaru books. I am going to be expanding what I'm reading to, say, Astaru Heathen and other traditions that are outside of Wicca, but I haven't gotten there yet. Mm -hmm. So sorry, listeners, you're kind of stuck with what I know. But hey, you, I guess you like us. Yeah. Um, so what I would like to do, maybe not the next Mesode, because that one will probably be our like, oh my God, Samhain just happened. <laughs> Let's talk about Samhain stuff. But maybe the uh, the Minisode for November, talking about the five important books about the history of paganism mm-hmm. and uh, the history of what we're doing now, how it came to be. So if you are interested in that, drop us a line and tell us, and I will construct a five book list on how to actually learn the history of what the hell we're doing yeah uh so so what i got what i got out of that at least personally is uh let cunningham be your gateway drug he is a great gateway drug actually i wouldn't say he's should be your baby 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 book right um i definitely say grab the guide or grab thea saban's beginner's manual before you grab Cunningham. Uh, he's not like, you're not going to get lost in Cunningham. You're not going to misunderstand something from him. But he does, he's um, he's middle school or not elementary. Okay. Um, so you're not going to get like your elementary basics. So if you've gotten lost in a couple of our episodes and had to go Google some things, which please do, or ask us questions, don't feel embarrassed that you don't know something that we're talking about. Um, I'm perfectly happy to go over it, even if that means we go over it in another episode. But Cunningham, yeah, the best way to describe it, he's middle school, not elementary. Okay. So I would say The Idiot's Guide is a great elementary. I also say Buckland's more middle school, almost eighth to ninth grade, just because it's more the the, the actual physical stuff. Right. So uh, with all that, uh, we do have a couple things that we're looking uh, looking forward to. Well, I wouldn't say looking forward to specifically this. Um, November 2nd in Toronto is going to be the Parliament of World Religions meeting. And what I remember about last year, it met in Australia, and it focused a lot on aboriginal um, traditions and not allowing um, aboriginal beliefs to be whitewashed, mm-hmm. um, allowing the abor- aboriginals, meaning the um, natives of Australia, to continue to do their religion their way, um, giving them a voice. And it also included Native Americans um, and a couple of other different Native tribes or Native groups being able to speak at these traditions uh, or at the this parliament Um, So it's being held in Toronto, so I'm hoping we'll see a lot of Northern American um, traditions being honored or displayed and talked about, but I don't know what the actual focus of this year is going to be. Because last year, like I said, it was focused solely on Aboriginal traditions. Okay, well, that'll be interesting to uh, to find out when the time comes. Yeah, so if you live in Toronto and you want to go... it's November 2nd. If you don't and you want to look it up, look it up online. It's the Parliament of World's Religions meeting. Um, events coming up in um, the pagan world. If you're in Phoenix, uh, Phoenix Pagan Pride is having a fundraiser that is a chili 
and mead competition cook-off. Uh, if you like mead, if you like chili, if you like cook-offs, if you like uh, hanging out with pegans and having food, on November, um, sorry, October 6th from 8 to 3 p.m., um, they're going to have that up at North Mountain Park. And uh, it's going to be, I believe, children under 12. Yep, eat, eat free. And it's $10 per person, cash only, but $10 for chili and mead. Yeah. Yum. I mean, you know, a glass of mead is, you know, $5 in and of itself. Oh, yeah. You can also purchase those tickets ahead of time at Fantasia Crystals, or you can buy them at the event. Um, and you can also bring $1 bills for the raffle and for cold water. And... That sounds amazing to me. An easy way to help support Pagan Pride and see people who are going to be at Pagan Pride ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chili and Mead. I wish I was going. Why aren't you going? I'm actually uh, going to a Harry Potter Day of Mischief uh, over in uh, Westworld of Scottsdale. Ooh. Yeah, I'm breaking out the Hagrid outfit. And uh, I got invited as part of my Cosplay Always group. Oh, neat. So... So that's two great things that you can do October 6th. You can either come see me at the Chilean Mead Cook-Off or you could go see Jarrah as Hagrid mm-hmm. and uh, hang out there. You want Chilean Mead. I, I, I would love Chilean Mead. When I found out that they needed uh, Mead judges, I almost, <laughs> I, so, I almost jumped out of my skin. I was thinking about you and they were like, we still need a chili judge because I don't particularly like kidney beans in my chili, but I like the flavor. So I was like, mm-hmm. I really can't. I, I already have bias on chili. <laughs> I should not do that. Plus, I'm, I just don't have the, the filling capacity that I used to. I, um, well, on my current medication, I could probably chug down a whole gallon of chili, but maybe that's not going to be going on during the six. I'm I'm just imagining the uh, the Simpsons episode where Homer was a uh, a chili judge and he had to drink wax for the insanity pepper. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. Anyway, Peg and Book Talk will be meeting at Changing Hands Tempe. Don't go to the Venus one. I won't be there. On October 7th at 10 a.m. October 8th is going to be a new moon. So that sounds like this upcoming weekend is going to be a big witchy weekend. Yeah. I mean, if you're in the Phoenix area, you got a lot of stuff to do. If you're not in the Phoenix area, you have a new moon. Mm -hmm. You better get out some witchy stuff for that new moon. Oh, yeah. So I want to say thank you to our Patreon supporters for continuing to listen to us, continuing to give us your great feedback, telling me your packages have arrived on time. I really appreciate it. And I'm glad that you guys are thrilled with the quality of the stickers and the buttons that you're receiving. Please feel free to post pictures and tag us on Twitter, Instagram of where you're posting those stickers and just tell people that you actually enjoyed them. Yeah. Um, Like I said, I can't thank you guys enough you're making this possible <laughs> yeah and and thank you just just uh, for big and foremost your, your continued support uh with just this this little brainchild that that autumn had and that i'm helping with <laughs> <laughs> thank you so um uh as we normally say here at millennial pagan podcast merry meet merry part and merry, merry meet, meet again. again i almost said merry mead again oh you wanted to some-